0: Welcome to On the Middle East, i monitor's podcast on the big stories in the region. My name is Ambrun Zaman and I'll be discussing the recent flare-up in Nagorno-Karabakh, a contested majority Armenian enclave that is internationally recognised as part of Azerbaijan. This week, Azerbaijani forces secured the effective collapse of the self-declared Republic of Artsakh that is solely recognised by Armenia. The ethnic Armenian entity has run the region since the early 1990s. That is when Armenia defeated Azerbaijan in a bloody war over Nagorno-Karabakh. But in 2020, with the help of Turkey and Israel, Azerbaijan won back much of Karabakh and other territories that were occupied by Armenia. There is mounting worry that Azerbaijan's next move will be to occupy parts of Armenia in order to cut it off from Iran, potentially triggering a regional conflagration. With us here to explain what is at stake and where Turkey, Israel and Russia stand on these issues is Benjamin Pogosyan, the Director of the Centre for Political and Economic Strategic Studies in Yerevan. So welcome to our programme, Benjamin. It's so kind of you to make the time to join us today.
1: Hello, Amberi, and thank you for having me.
0: So, Benjamin, can you please bring us up to date with the latest? What is happening in Nagorno-Karabakh right now?
1: Okay, what is happening in Nagorno-Karabakh right now, and in the last nine months, starting from December 2022, is Azerbaijan' effort to force Nagorno-Karabakh Armenians to accept its demands and to accept Azerbaijani jurisdiction by using blockade, and by using the efforts to cut any supply of food and other basic goods to Nagorno-Karabakh, imposing blockade on the Lachin Corridor, which is the only way which connects Nagorno-Karabakh with Armenia after November 2020 trilateral statement, which itself ended 44-day Nagorno-Karabakh war Started on September 27,
0: 2020. So basically, though, the Azerbaijanis claimed that this was an environmental protest. They had these people brought in who were supposedly organizing a sit in. But as you said, it very rapidly became clear it wasn't about this uh, uh, mining activities that these environmentalists, quote-unquote, were supposedly objecting to, but rather, as you say, uh, a sort of underhanded way of trying to basically uh, bring Karabakh to its knees and get Armenia to acknowledge that Karabakh is Uh, very much uh, officially a part of Azerbaijan, which indeed, of course, is how the rest of the world views things. But what exactly is it that Azerbaijan wants Armenia to do? Because Pashinyan, the prime minister, has pretty much said, yes, Karabakh is yours. And what he's holding out for, it seems, is some ethnic rights for the a uh, majority ethnic uh, Armenian community there. So what what does Aliyev actually want?
1: Uh, you are right. In October 2022, Armenian Prime Minister Khashoggi signed a statement in Prague along with President Aliyev, the President of European Council, Charles Michel, and President of France, accepting that Nagorno-Karabakh is part of Azerbaijan, and then reiterated this position in May 2023 during Brussels negotiation with President aliyev facilitated by Charles Michel and again in July 2023, again in Brussels negotiation with President aliyev facilitated by Charles Michel. So uh, what Washington did was not very well welcomed by many arguments, let's put this way. Both in Armenian diaspora, but Pacinian vision is that if we want to have peace and stability in South Caucasus, if we want to have stable environment around Armenia, we should normalize relations with Azerbaijan and with Turkey, and the only way to do that is to settle the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict, also recognizing Karabakh as part of Azerbaijan. But what now President Aliyev wants, as far as I understand. It rejects any possibility for any international presence in Nagorno-Karabakh to secure rights of Armenians, and also President Aliyev rejects any possibility of uh, negotiations with Nagorno-Karabakh Armenians about their um, rights and security. The problem is that Prime Minister Pashinyan accepted that Nagorno-Karabakh is part of Azerbaijan, but we have one hundred twenty thousand Armenians which live in Nagorno-Karabakh and which were in conflict with Azerbaijan in the last 35 years and during the last 35 years many terrible things happened including violations, crimes against humanity, several wars launched by Azerbaijan and now simply to go to these people and say okay, forget 35 years of history, everything now will be okay just receive Azerbaijani passports without any special rights, without any international involvement and you will live happily in Azerbaijan as Azerbaijani citizens, this simply may not work, regardless of what the Armenian government is doing. Now, President Aliyev says that, okay, Nagorno-Karabakh Armenians have only two options, either to accept Azerbaijani passports without any status inside Azerbaijan, without any status inside Azerbaijan, without any guarantees that their rights will be protected, Either they should accept Azerbaijani citizenship and Azerbaijani passports, or they should leave. But people in Nagorno Karabakh, who have lived in these territories for several thousand years, they are telling, okay, but why we should leave our homeland? And yes, we may discuss the possibility to be part of Azerbaijan, but look what Azerbaijan did to Armenia in the last 35 years, and what are the guarantees that this will not be repeated in the next? five years, 10 years, 15 years. The issue is here that both Armenia, but especially the Armenians living in Nagorno-Karabakh, they say that we are ready to negotiate with Azerbaijan. We are ready to hear what Azerbaijan is telling, but just not tell us, either receive Azerbaijani passports without no real guarantees of safety or move from your homeland. This is not going to be accepted by Armenians in Nagorno-Karabakh, even if, for whatever reasons, Armenian government will accept this solution. At the end of the day, this is not the issue of Prime Minister Pashinyan or Republic of Armenia government. This is the issue of 120,000 people who are living in Nagorno Karabakh and who are telling we are not going to leave our homeland, but also we are not going to accept Azerbaijani offer to receive Azerbaijani passports without any guarantees that we are not going to be killed or we are not going to be forced to leave.
0: So this is a really very uh, difficult situation in in the end because uh, what kind of leverage ultimately do the people of Karabakh have or Armenia itself? Armenia looks uh, pretty isolated to me. And one of the gambles that your prime minister made was that if he could start dialogue with Turkey, Turkey could somehow engage positively in this process And, you know, given its influence over Azerbaijan, let's face it, if it were not for Turkey, perhaps Azerbaijan would not have won that last war. Um, But that gamble doesn't seem to be paying off because, if anything, it seems Turkey is encouraging Azerbaijan in its hawkishness, in its obduracy, uh, and indeed also encouraging Azerbaijan with its other demand – which is to open this um, corridor between Nakhizh and Baku uh, that would effectively cut off Armenia from Iran.
1: Regarding the leverages, first of all, Armenians in Nagorno-Karabakh, 120,000 people, what leverage they have? Not much, especially if they should resist 8 million Azerbaijan. But still, there is a Nagorno-Karabakh Defense Army. And people are determined there to fight. Of course, we all understand that if Azerbaijan takes Nagorno-Karabakh and no one intervenes, neither Armenia nor anyone else, yes, Nagorno-Karabakh Armenians may resist one day, three days, one week, two weeks, maybe one month. But at the end of the day, there will be a slaughter of Armenians in Nagorno-Karabakh. But let's not forget, first, we have Russian peacekeepers in Nagorno-Karabakh. What will be Russia's reaction if Azerbaijan launches a large-scale attack to finish with armenians in Nagorno-Karabakh? Big question mark. Russia itself is in a complicated situation. But still, besides Nagorno-Karabakh Defense Army, we have Russian peacekeepers. Regarding Armenia, yes. Military balance is in favor of Azerbaijan, which is which bought and continues to buy huge amounts of weapons from Turkey, from Israel, partly from Pakistan and definitely military balance is in favor of Azerbaijan and yes Armenian government is doing everything to normalize relations with Azerbaijan and Turkey to have peace in the region but if there will be large-scale massacre of Armenians in Nagorno-Karabakh no one can argue that Armenian state and Armenians living in Armenia will simply sit and watch how Armenians in Nagorno-Karabakh are being killed. Regarding Turkey's position Yes, there were hopes in Armenia that first Turkey will move forward to normalize relations with Armenia without any preconditions, and without preconditions that normalization may happen only after Armenia signs peace agreement with Azerbaijan. And also, there were hopes that Turkey may use its influence over Azerbaijan to somehow also convince President Aliyev that, look, Armenia agrees that Karabakh should be part of Azerbaijan. But Armenia cannot agree that Armenians are going to be slaughtered are going to live as a third force of 5 citizens without any basic dignity. Please, start meaningful negotiations to secure rights of Armenians who live in Azerbaijan. Unfortunately, uh, Turkey did a first thing nor second thing. So, Turkey still clearly states that there is a precondition armenia turkey normalization is possible only if Armenia signs peace agreement with Azerbaijan. And Turkey rejects any possibility to convince President Aliyev to discuss any options for real guarantees of rights and security of Armenians in Nagorno-Karabakh. So currently we are in a certain impasse when Armenian government made significant concessions and made steps which are politically very harmful. Just two days ago, we had the municipal elections in Yerevan, capital of Armenia. And approximately 45% of the population of Armenia lives in Yerevan. It's almost half. And if immediately after the World of Revolution, Pashinyan's party in the same Yerevan municipal elections won 80% of votes, two days ago, Pashinyan's party received only 32.5% of votes, losing hundreds of thousands of voters in the capital Yerevan which is another sign that uh, Pashinyan's policy to recognize Karabakh as part of Azerbaijan, is not welcomed by significant majority of Armenians in Armenia. But despite all this, Prime Minister decided to push forward this peace agenda. But again, no one would expect that even the current Prime Minister who is publicly stating that my vision is a peaceful and stable South Caucasus when Armenia has no relations with Azerbaijan and Turkey, but it does not mean that the current Prime Minister is OK to see that Armenians are being killed in Nagorno-Karabakh or being pushed away from Nagorno-Karabakh. And as I mentioned, regardless of what the Prime Minister itself thinks and what his vision is, the majority of Armenians in Armenia and absolute everyone in Nagorno-Karabakh will never accept this vision that either we should suffer without any dignity, without any rights, or we should leave Nagorno-Karabakh. And let's not forget that, unfortunately for us, Azerbaijan has a huge record of uh, mistreatment towards other ethnic minorities in Azerbaijan, lesbians, Polish, and others, and also towards its own citizens. Uh, simply go to the reports of the U.S. State Department, or any credible international organization like Human Rights Watch, Freedom House, and etc. And you will see terrible stories what's happening inside Azerbaijan, against ethnic Azerbaijanis and against Although I think minorities are citizens of Azerbaijan. In these circumstances, simply to say to Armenians, "Okay, receive Azerbaijani passport and live happily in Azerbaijan, it sounds more like a mockery.
0: Well, let's talk a little bit about the uh, external actors here. You mentioned Russia, and as you say, Russia is in a very sticky position at the moment because of Ukraine. And obviously, Azerbaijan has become more important Uh, in the light of the fact that Russia is able to sell its oil through Azerbaijan, marketed as Azeri oil. um, And therefore, you know, it has to keep uh, Aliyev on an even keel. Uh, At the same time, uh, we, as you said, Turkey is clearly not stepping up to the plate in terms of uh, playing a constructive role here. Then we have Iran, of course, can we talk about Iran a little bit? And of course, speaking to my point about this other part of Armenia that is clearly coveted by Azerbaijan.
1: Iran's policy in South Caucasus is very clear. First, Iran is against any change of borders, including change mm-hmm. of borders of Armenia through military or non military means. To establish its land corridor from Azerbaijan via Nagorno to Turkey, and Iranian leadership, including Supreme Leader Khamenei, stated very clearly that Iran will not tolerate the closure of its uh, land border with Armenia. Let's not forget that it's not only land border between Iran and Armenia; it's land only land border between the Eurasian Economic Union and Iran. And Iran and the Eurasian Economic Union are going to sign a free trade agreement. And Armenia is a member of the Eurasian Economic Union, so it's not only about bilateral Iran-Armenian relations. Second, Iran is absolutely unhappy to see growing Azerbaijan's ties in defense security. Iran believes that Azerbaijan effectively allows Israel to use its territory for different kind of anti-Iranian activities. Thus, Iran is concerned that its adversaries may use the existence of 20-25 andre-speaking population in Iran as a leverage to further destabilize the situation in Islamic Republic of Iran. And in this context, if Azerbaijan opens the code called Zanyudur Corridor via Armenia, which will link Azerbaijan to Nakhjewan and Turkey, then entire entire northern Iran will be surrounded by Turkey population. It will be Turkey. It will be Nakhjavan, populated by Aserans. It will be Armenian Sunni under Azerbaijan control, and then it will be Azerbaijan, up to Caspian Sea. So all these are the threats to the vital Iranian interests. But again, Iran was very clear that Iran will not tolerate any change of borders, including change of borders of Armenia, which may threaten or jeopardize Iran-Armenia land border, iran eurasian Economic Union land border. And in 2021, in 2022 and also in 2023, Iran launched large-scale military drills along Iran-Azerbaijan and iran nakhchivan borders, sending signals to Azerbaijan that if Azerbaijan launches military attack against Armenia to open by force the so-called Zangezur corridor, then Iran also may intervene militarily, which may have a spillover effects and uh, trigger a huge regional war in West Asia. And I believe that uh, bigger players, including the European Union, the United States, and Russia, I'm not sure that anyone is interested in another regional war in Europe's neighborhood in West Asia, while we're seeing the terrible t- tragedy unfolding in Ukraine.
0: Absolutely. Um, but again, it's a very complex dynamic at play because you know uh when you look at it at least on the face of things the actors that seem to be defending armenia namely well russia to some extent it's kind of playing its usual double games but also iran and then on the other hand you have israel on the side of azerbaijan so when you're sitting in the united states congress um and the sort of congress people who typically do support Armenia have a, you know, ethnic Armenian population that doesn't like the current Armenian government because of how, um, you know, sort of yielding uh, Pashinyan appears to be uh, on all of these issues. It kind of gets, as I said, very, very complicated. Uh, And it's Tragic that it would have to take conflict, you know, people actually dying, uh, for, for for people to be mobilized. What needs to happen right here and now for us to not get to that point?
1: I believe the only way to overcome these uh, cycles of violence is to somehow to convince the Azerbaijani leadership that. They should be satisfied from the fact that Armenia is ready to think Nagorno-Karabakh is part of Azerbaijan. And they should think how they can find solutions to secure rights of Armenians who will live in Azerbaijan as an Azerbaijani citizen. Again, what Armenian government did, this was a huge change of tradition of Armenia. Because starting from 1988, when Nagorno-Karabakh conflict began during the Soviet last years of the Soviet Union, Armenia's position was very clear. Nagorno-Karabakh cannot be part of Azerbaijan. Now, Armenian government it says that yes, Nagorno-Karabakh can be part of Azerbaijan, but if Armenians in Nagorno-Karabakh, as an Azerbaijani citizens, may live securely, and their dignity will be protected. This is a huge opportunity, but now ball is on Azerbaijan court. If Azerbaijan leadership squanders this opportunity, Yes, now they are militarily in a stronger position, they may launch a large scale attack against Nagorno-Karabakh, again, we don't know what Russia's answer will be, but also we know that now both Azerbaijan and Turkey are much more important for Russia than before February 2022, for different reasons, to support, to avoid uh, Western sanctions, also Azerbaijan can provide a land route for Russia to Iran, highways, railways, and via Iran, Russia may reach Asian markets, which is very important as Russia tries to diversify its trade routes from west to east. So yes, Azerbaijan may launch a large-scale attack and at the end of the day it may force Armenians to leave Nagorno-Karabakh killing many of them. But this will not bring peace and stability in the south of Caucasus. This simply will perpetuate the cycle of violence because then many in Armenia and also in Armenian diaspora will put all their efforts to strengthen Armenian militarily so, and this is the Recipe for another war between Armenia and Azerbaijan. Another war in five years, ten years, fifteen years, nobody can fail. And this means that South Caucasus will be one of the regions of the world always mired in conflict, war, human sufferings. Is this a possible scenario? Definitely. This is a possible scenario. And unfortunately, we know that there are many regions in the world which are mired in conflicts for decades. Middle East, some parts of Africa, some parts of South Asia. But again, this is not what average people and also politicians should dream about. So let's see. My understanding is that the current Armenian government did everything which it could, even more than what it could, to prevent such future of the region. But again, now the decision is up to the modern leadership. If they made right decisions, South Caucasus would have more or less stable and prosperous future. If they are going to make wrong decisions, I am afraid for decades to come, fault Caucasus will be associated with conflicts, human mm-hmm. suffering, the basis of instability.
0: Well, let's definitely hope that it doesn't come to that. And of course, we need to remind our audience that uh, Armenia is a democracy and that the current government in power was uh, elected in free and fair democratic elections. Whereas in Azerbaijan, of course, it's an entirely different uh, situation, which makes Azerbaijan itself inherently uh, unstable. And oil, as we know, does not last forever. Thank you so much, Benjamin, for joining us today. Let's hope that peace prevails and uh, hope to have you on our program again soon sometime to talk about happier things. Thank you, Amber. And this brings us to the end of this week's episode of On the Middle East. I do hope you enjoyed my conversation with Benjamin. Thank you for tuning in and have a great week.